Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 20 of the Community Solutions Podcast. Coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners affiliated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. I'm Jack Terman Jr., your host for the podcast, and a member of the faculty in this great department. We are excited to celebrate our first year anniversary for our podcast, and we look forward to providing you with many more interesting, fun, enlightening episodes. I really apologize for not uploading an episode for so long. We had to wait until some technical issues were worked out, but now we are ready to go. Thanks for your patience, understanding, and your listenership. We are really grateful. We hope that these podcasts are helping you and your neighbors foster healthy and hope-filled communities for all. Today, our students Mary and Allison have a conversation about the book, Building Communities from the Inside Out. This very helpful book, authored by John Kretzman and John McKnight, does a great job of outlining the steps for fruitful community development. We appreciate that they emphasize an assets-based approach for community development as opposed to the older, more traditional framework which focused on community problems and needs. They nicely describe the importance of taking an assets-based community inventory at the outset of the work and being inclusive of all segments of the community when conducting this inventory. I hope that this discussion helps you as you embark on community development activities. So have a great day. Please share our podcast with your uh, with your friends and others, and keep on listening. Let's join the conversation. Hi, my name is Allie Wittick. And my name is Mary Thomas, and Allie and I are here to talk to you about a book that we've been reading for the past couple of months called Building Communities from the Inside Out by John Kretzman and John McKnight. To begin, let's dive into chapter one. One of the first topics discussed, which I found interesting, was the different paths to going about community development. The first path, being traditional, focuses on communities' needs, deficiencies, and problems. This is the most common path. However, the second path, asset-based community development, begins by discovering a community's capacities and assets, which is the recommended route. To follow that, the book also talks about the need for a capacity inventory. And so this essentially would include questions regarding skills information, community skills, enterprising interests, and then some basic information like personal information and experiences. The general process of releasing capacity of specific groups within the community includes several steps. And so the first is the utilization of a capacity inventory. And this inventory includes key assets and resources of the community. And once you generate that inventory, you would use that information to build mutually beneficial partnerships. And these partnerships would occur not only within the community, but also outside of the community if necessary. An important thing to realize and treasure about a community is that each individual brings an important role to society. Individuals including youth, seniors, 
people with disabilities, artists, and welfare recipients all have important assets to help contribute to the society. An example of this outlined in the book is as follows. For welfare recipients, the Women's Self-Employment Project in Chicago is a local organization that was able to promote self-employment to welfare recipients to start local businesses. The book also discusses how local associations and institutions can be really helpful in community building. But when you start to think about how large and diverse these associations and institutions are, you might start to wonder, how do you survey and develop an inventory for them? Well, luckily, the book has some really great tips, and I want to walk you through a few that really stood out to me. Some things that you can use are newspapers, directories, and other printed sources. Newspapers are really great because they oftentimes will publish community calendars or they'll post announcements about various events going on in the community. Directories are really great because they potentially can reduce the amount of work that you need to do um, when you're building your inventory because someone may have already actually made a list of the local organizations and all you would need to do is gain access to them. The book describes one way to do this and that's going through local libraries. Now if you prefer a more in-person approach, you can talk to people at local parks, go to the libraries we just mentioned, or even go to churches. And so these are places where groups usually meet up. So you can have some really great conversations and learn more about the community that way. When we talk about local institutions, we're referring to more formal public private, and not-for-profit institutions. A school would be one example. Some things that might show up on the inventory list for a school include facilities, materials and equipment, purchasing power, employment, teachers, courses, etc. But the book posed another great question. How do we build or rebuild relationships between communities and these institutions? This can be very challenging. A solution would be doing this through the general step we discussed earlier. Take inventory of key assets and resources of the community and use it to build mutually beneficial partnerships. Here is a great example of how this process has been used in one community. A Citizens Association formed partnerships with a local social service agency and park. This relationship eventually led to recreation activities education and leadership training in order to provide young people with alternatives to drug use. I thought that was not only a great use of resources, but also very effective collaboration. Another important aspect of building a community is rebuilding the economy. The core of community building is revitalization of the community's economy, so this is definitely something that we need to touch on. The book discusses three different approaches, and the first approach is to capture the economic development potential of the local institutions and organizations. So a great example of how you might go about doing this is developing new businesses. And when you develop new businesses, you guarantee local hiring, and you're also utilizing the local resources that are available to you. You also might want to develop human resource potential. And one great example that the book went through of this was a school that developed a vocational education program that emphasized long-term skill development. The second approach in the book is to capture local savings and expand the availability of the capital and credit uh, of the community. And so an example of this would be using local lending structures. And so these are called community development financial institutions. And some examples of this are community development banks and microloan funds. 
And then the last approach is to maximize the uses of the community's physical assets. And this has four steps, and as you might guess, the first one is to make an inventory. But this time, the inventory is of vacant spaces. And once you know the vacant spaces that are available to you, you would then acquire those spaces and then initiate and develop whatever project you're interested in starting. But you can't forget about sustainability, so you want to make sure that you have a plan to maintain the project. In addition to rebuilding the economy, the book also emphasizes the importance of mobilizing a community's assets. This includes five steps. First, map out the community's resources and continually update it. Second, build mutually beneficial relationships among these assets. Ensure that you mobilize the skills and knowledge of marginalized people in the community. Third, mobilize the community's assets for economic development. Fourth, build a vision and plan with a representative group of the community. And lastly, use investments and resources from outside the community to support this vision and plan, which should only be done once all the community's resources have been inventoried and utilized. And in the last chapter of the book, the authors discuss a set of guidelines to follow for capacity-oriented funding, and we'd like to walk you through these. So the first one is to identify any skills, abilities, the capacities, and those assets that will be contributed by local residents to address whatever issue you're trying to address. Then you want to identify the capacities of any citizens' associations, and then discuss how they will be involved in addressing the issue. Once you've done all of those things, you're going to want to create a proposal, and you're going to want to discuss how the proposal will mobilize and enhance these capacities. Start thinking about how this plan and this proposal will contribute to the local economy. And you also want to consider what significant investments do you have, not only to get this plan up and running, but also to sustain it. Finally, the big question. How can you implement this strategy within your community? Well, a basic first step would be to follow the general process of releasing capacity for specific groups within the community. Includes utilization of the capacity inventory, taking inventory of key assets and resources of the community, then using this information to build mutually beneficial partnerships, and finally, build new relationships within and with and outside the community. So that is our review of Building Communities from the Inside Out, but again by John Kretzman and John McKnight. We hope you've enjoyed this. Thanks for listening, and please make sure to share the podcast with your friends.